Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. can infer from what we don't see in the passage that Jesus lived a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. You see what I mean? He was doing it, the disciples had not been. That's what's implied in this passage. Jesus had been consistently, regularly praying and fasting. There's something that happens when we fast in conjunction with prayer. In the Christian life, we want to become more and more like Christ each and every day. In the Bible, we see the example of Jesus casting out a demon that the disciples could not cast out. Jesus says this demon can only be cast out by fasting and prayer, so Christ fasted and prayed. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. And here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew chapter 6 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. That's not the point. The point is motive. What are you doing this for? Are you doing it because you have a hunger for God? Or are you doing it because you want other people to think you're special and spiritual and well then get over yourself? Spend some time with God. That's, that's what he's talking about. It doesn't twist his arm when we fast, but it does accomplish a purpose in our lives. When we turn off the physical for a bit so that we can focus on the spiritual. So the third question, when should I do this? And again, there's some examples that we find in Scripture. There's nothing really you know, concrete, because this is a tool that he wants us to employ. And and what I see, you know, in the Old Testament, there are precedents for fasting as as like an expression of mourning when you're grieving for someone or grieving over sin, uh, fasting as an expression of repentance, turning away from this, turning to God, and, and then fasting for deliverance, uh, from your enemies. You see those examples in the Old Testament. But, and, and I'm not saying that's all the examples. I'm just giving you a few. But, you know, the, the, thing, the basic things that I see there. But in the New Testament, what I see is fasting for the purpose of drawing closer to the Lord. Fasting for the purpose of spiritual growth, receiving wisdom and direction for greater power in ministry. You know, Mark chapter 9, there's a story, you know, this, this guy, he brought his son to the disciples of the Lord Jesus, apparently, and they, he, the, the son had a demon, but the disciples couldn't do anything about it. And so the guy, you know, he brings his son to Jesus and said, you know, you disciples couldn't, couldn't help me. Can you help me? And so Jesus cast the demon 
out of the kid. And the disciples were all confused afterward, and, and so they said, why couldn't we help him? Now, it seems like maybe before that, they had been able to cast some demons out of people because this surprised them. Now, like, why couldn't we do it? So Mark 9, 29, so he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, this kind, what is that, is a special class of demon? Is, was this like a super demon or something? I don't know. All I know is, Jesus said, the reason, listen to me, Jesus said the reason I could do this and you couldn't is because I'm Jesus and you're not. That's not what he said. What he said is this kind only comes out by fasting and prayer. Now, the other thing that I need to point out is that Jesus didn't say to the man, okay, all right, I'm going to help you, I promise, I'm going to help you. Just give me a day, give me a day, and let me do without some food. I got to complete the formula that he didn't say that. So we can infer from what we don't see in the passage that Jesus lived a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. You see what I mean? He was doing it. The disciples had not been. That's what's implied in this passage. Jesus had been consistently, regularly praying and fasting. There's something that happens when we fast in conjunction with prayer. I don't know, but it's pretty clear in Scripture that there's something about it, right? Now, another example, Acts chapter 13 says now, uh, in verse 1, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, and it goes on to name them, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So he's emphasized, twice it's mentioned in that short passage, fasting and prayer tied to this, you know, laying of, of hands on an individual for, for ministry, sending them out for ministry. And, and like I said, there's a lot we don't fully understand, but here's what I think it is. One good way to look at it, you know, the Bible teaches that giving a tithe of, of your material possessions, giving 10% of, of your income to God is an act of faith. You're, you're, giving, you're giving that to the Lord. And, and, and what, what we see, the principle that we see laid out, the principle of the tithe that we see laid out for us, the idea is, is that you, you do that first. You don't wait until after to see if you got 10% left. You do it first. Listen carefully. Don't get hung up. Some of you that are, you know, you're already thinking, we're not under the law. We're not, you know, don't, stop, stop, stop. The principle of the tithe was given to us for the purpose of training us to trust him. God saying, give it to me first, I'm going to take care of you. Trust me with this, I'm your provider. And, and so it's, a, it's an act of faith to do it. Now some of, you, some of you have fought that, you've resisted it, you're still not doing it, you're never going to do it. And so you're never going to reap the benefits that come from it. Well, fasting's the same way. Some of you are never, ever, ever going to fast. You're, not gonna, you're simply not going to do it. But those of you who will... 
you'll reap the benefits. So taking that step of faith and, and trusting God with that basic fundamental need for physical nourishment. Giving it up for a few hours, a day, a few days. Saying to God in that act of faith, I will trust you to take care of my body. I'm not going to nourish it for this period of time. I'm going to trust you. It's the same kind of thing. And God always honors those little steps of faith. He always meets us in that place, you see. I think this is why Jesus linked it in the way that he clearly did to storing up treasures in heaven. I find this fascinating, and I have to confess to you, I never noticed it before looking at the text this time. Matthew 6, looking back at our text, Matthew 6, 16 to 21, he says, Moreover, when you fast... He just assumes that we will. Don't be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. That's their reward, is, is what he's saying. But you, when you fast, and the idea here is don't change anything. Just do what you always do. Anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father, who is in the secret place. And your Father, who sees in secret will reward you openly. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so I, I come back to my question. Do you want to get closer to God? Well, then prove it. He's telling you How? Make getting closer to God a priority. Make it a higher priority than other things in your life, even than food for a period of time. That's what he's communicating here. Store up some treasure in heaven. Make a short list of requests and questions and, you know, maybe a list of people to pray for and a list of things that, that you should be grateful for. And, and then instead of joining that plate full of arroz con pollo, Turn off the iPad, turn off the cell phone, and enjoy some time alone with the Lord. Pursue a closer relationship with God. That's what he's saying. We're so glad you tuned in today for Pastor Robert's message in the book of Matthew. If you'd like to hear today's teaching again or learn more about Main Thing Radio, visit our website at mainthingradio.com. Before our time with you is through for the day, we'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us here at Main Thing Radio. Would you commit to praying for us each time as you tune in? As we continue to produce programs and spread the good news of the gospel, we know the enemy won't be happy. We'd appreciate your prayers for protection and guidance in all we do. Would you also pray for your fellow listeners, too, that each one would allow Jesus to speak truth into their heart? We have one more way you can support us in what we're doing here at Main Thing Radio, and Tracy's here with the details. We all know that it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home, but it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that Main Thing Radio is missionary work? It is! 
We need your support to continue to share God's Word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. Log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks, Tracy, and thank you for joining us today to study Matthew. Join us next time for more right here on Main Thing Radio.